all right, we know you're suffering Saturday morning. You were out last night, tequila bombs, whiskey, rum, whatever you were drinking. We get it. Suck it up. It's Saturday. You got things to do. Get ready to mow the damn lawn. Exactly. You got laundry to do, lawns to mow. You got work. You've got chores. So you listen to this through your AirPods while you're on the mower. He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. It is time for the Sports Frenzy 2.0 Weekend Edition, your favorite and only hangover cure every Saturday morning. We're taping here on May the 10th, 2023. This will hit May the 13th. And of course, we start off as always with rock and roll. And this is a huge, huge week. For the weekend edition. We've got albums, songs, concert review. And one of the most anticipated album reviews in recent memory. Dave and I are going to review first and foremost here. The seventh album from Winger titled Seven. <laughs> Gee, how original. <laughs> Twelve songs. We already know Dave and I disagree extraordinarily on one <laughs> yes but let's yes, see we do. let's see how we fall on the other 11 so here we go wingers brand new album seven <laughs> i liked it now i will say this i will qualify it by saying i do not think it's as good as the last two albums oh thank god <laughs> it is not it is not up to the level of karma or better days coming no it's not I liked it, but you're right. It it did not meet with their typical level. They seem to be caught between the old school on this album and what they did with Karma and Better Days Coming, the harder, edgier, more thoughtful, deeper stuff. Yeah. They seem to kind of fall back into the, the <sighs> 80s hair metal um, experimental right. not knowing what the hell they wanted right to do. right now oh, there are some i thought we were really going to go head to head on this one. Oh, we still might we might we still but, might but but uh, I'm, I'm feeling better because i liked it but i wasn't gaga about right. it i was kind well, of disappointed a little bit yeah no i'm with you um i probably ended up liking it a little bit better than you but not by much um there are a couple songs on here that I could have done without. Broken Glass. I didn't mind Broken Glass. Um, I thought Resurrect Me was a cheesy. Resurrect it was a little lame. I've always had issues. The worst guitar riff of all time that I've ever heard was on Creed's Higher. And that was the great Mark Tremonti, who I love. You know I oh, love I Mark know. Tremonti. Yeah alter bridge of course now but that that guitar riff in higher i cringe every time i hear it i almost went there with red beach who i love <laughs> in that that awful guitar riff on track four resurrect me yeah that was that was kind of brutal and kip singing a little bit out of his range on the the chorus yeah <sighs> did you notice how Heaven... this album is very 
heavily religious in the lyrics. Yeah, there are a lot of that in there. Yeah. That it just did not... I don't know what was going on. Are they having an existential crisis? I don't know, but I, I, I look at a song like Tears of Blood, where they're talking about Judas and redemption. Heaven's Falling. Yep. That was... Now, I liked Heaven's Falling. Heaven's Falling, falling was good. I Now... I don't know if I would have put it second coming off of Proud Desperado. Which we both liked. Yes. Of course, we reviewed that earlier. Um, I think, obviously, the last song on the album is the greatest song ever written or recorded by Man (laughs) or Beast. You don't agree with me, but that's fine. It's grown on me a little, but I still still don't think it's that strong. I it, we're talking about obviously it all comes back around the seven plus minute opus that closes out yeah. the album seven. I love it. I just I still the more I listen to it, the more I love it. So I I can appreciate it as I've listened to it a couple more times, but it still doesn't do that much for me. But now outside of of course Proud Desperado, the first song, and it all comes back around the last song. Now this was unusual. Winger only released those two songs as singles before the whole album. Right. I mean, we're seeing four or five songs by other artists getting released before the albums come out. Yeah, they did two. Um, I really liked It's Okay. Yes, so did I. I thought that was one of the it's top okay ones. is it such is a creative fantastic. song. Now, Kip Winger and Reb Beat share vocals. Yeah, on this, it works very well. They use the the Peter Frampton Bon Jovi, bo- the talk box. The, yeah, the guitar box. Yeah, um, and I love That's the chorus. Cool. Has got a little bit of creepiness to it. It does. It's it's got that little bit that makes it different. That this enjoyable. Yeah, this was. To me, outside of the the lead singles, the standout track. Yes, um, I kind of like "Stick the Knife in and Twist." Yes, yes. As Again, more solid, one. more religious references though. Right. She's tattooed six six six. Yep. So, all right, Voodoo Fire. When that started, all I could like... think of was Mister Bone from Great White. See, I thought and they were ripping off one of the 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 guitar riff at the beginning of Voodoo Fire reminded me of one of the the riffs they'd used in the past. Yeah. Now I wasn't able to track down the song. It, it just to me had that Mister Bone vibe. And now um, resurrect me, even though we've already made fun of it to a certain extent. Reminded me of if you took Striper and Judas Priest and kind of <laughs> mashed them together. And I'm not trying yeah. to rip on Kip and the boys. We we love Kip and the boys. Winger's awesome. Um, but yeah, I just did not like that song very much no. at all. No. Um, the other one that I had problems with was Do or Die. Yeah, I didn't like that fight. Was... Fight. Okay. No, I no, don't need no, that just, as a chorus. Just stop. I don't need that as a background. No, you no, not from you guys. No. Now, time bomb was fine. It was okay. One light to burn was fine. I agree with you. Stick the knife in and twist was good. See, I I still think I liked it a little better than you, but I again I don't think it's up to the level of their last two albums. No, it's not. 
again, I, I think they've lost an edge from what they had back then. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it, I'll give it a strong three though. Strong three frenzy. Strong two and a half week three. Okay. That's where I figured you would fall. Kind of a week three. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I like it enough where I got to give it a strong three, but it is not, not three and a half territory. No, no, it doesn't come close in there. And I don't know if it's the one song, the, the song that we shall not mention or name. No, that, that is, it's I just, it, just overall, there were a couple of clunkers in there. I think I liked Heaven's Falling, it sounds like, better than you too. I really liked Heaven's Falling. It was it was good, but I, I it was the placement coming in so as you a second song. You would have resequenced. I would have re- done some resequencing. Okay. Well, I'm glad we both liked It's Okay. I think that song that is just I loved. Ass. I loved It's Okay. It's kind of shocked that I saw today um, that they released Tears of Blood as the third single. Kind of would have liked to have mm. heard It's Okay as that third single. Yeah, I think that would have been better. But maybe that's too complicated of a song too much going on even though you and i can appreciate it too much going on for the simple-minded people out there (laughs) hmm not you listener (laughs) no no you're you're one of us we're not talking about you (laughs) you appreciate the finer things all right so let's a fairly positive overall review for seven yes from winger me a little bit more a enthusiastic, bit more, but, but still, it it it's worth listening to. Now we finally got concerts to discuss, and that yep. all falls on your uncle Dave. Yep. Do we want to do this before our singles? Yes. Okay. Yeah, let's do the concerts. All right. Two weeks ago, I didn't get to do it last week because I was at Yo Yo Ma. <laughs> Real quick. Yes, it's classical music, but the man is an incredible cello player. What he does, no sheet music, it's all what he knows. And he can be playing a song and get two different sounds out of the cello at the same time. It's it's like listening to one of the great guitarists playing what he can do with the cello. So it was worth going to. Hey, I've had people tell me, I know how to play the skin flute very well. (laughs) I would not be proud of that one. (laughs) All right. So, Shinedown. Finally, rock and roll. Shinedown headlining. We had From Ashes to New opening. Kind of a newer, newer group. They got their half hour set. I would say they are Linkin Park 2.0, but better. So you got the guy who does the rappy stuff and you got the guy who can actually sing. Decent, I'll give them two and a half. So I, I did like them better than I like Linkin Park. Is that really saying much? <laughs> Not really. For you and I. For I know there's yeah. still a ton of fans out there that, that really, ever since Chester Bennington died, I mean, they've, they have you know, set that the idolizing of Lincoln Park. They yeah, no, that made no. them legendary. I just don't get it. I but. never cared for them. No. All right. So now we get to three days. Grace. Who we've seen, who before. we've seen before. So we got so-called life animal. I have become home. 
pain, break, the mountain, painkiller, I hate everything about you, never too late, and riot. Great set. They sounded good. The guy went to the Ozzy Osbourne school of being a front man. Put your hands up. I can't hear you. I want to see a mosh pit. Three days grace, come on, three days grace. It's leading the chant for the band. That took away from the overall experience for him. I hate that. You know I hate it that. It was annoying that. beyond belief. And I think it was grating on the crowd too. Other than that, they sounded fantastic. Yeah, we don't, two things. We don't want you to yell and scream at us and tell us to stand up or clap our hands or put our hands in the air. And Constantly. number two, we don't want you talking about politics. Yep. Beyond that, do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. So they sounded phenomenal. Thoroughly enjoyable, except for all those self-gratification antics. Yeah, and the sad, the sad thing is when we saw them, it was Buck Cherry. Three Days Grace and Nickelback, and I thought they were the best of the three. Yeah, but it's a different lead singer. Have they changed lead I singers? I think they did. Ooh. I think they had. Wow, okay. I'll have right. to verify it, but that might be the reason. But, again, I would have loved to have put them higher, but that and I don't took remember, yeah, maybe because I don't remember the lead singer being like that. No, he wasn't. When we saw them the first time. Yeah. So okay. uh, I wanted to give them a solid three, but I have to take away for the antics. So Agreed. they still sounded phenomenal, though. And then we get to the headlining Shinedown. They did not play the whole oh let's go off stage to do the encore stuff they said no two solid hours it was great we got everything we wanted to hear from them diamond eyes dead don't die i'll follow you bully unity if you only knew state of my head enemies Symptom of being human, sound of madness was phenomenal. Planet Zero, of course, one of their first songs, 45. Devil, Second Chance, Don't Look Back in Anger, Daylight, Get Up. They kind of did it acoustic, very well done. And of course, Simple Man is usually the one that they play before they go off, before coming for the encore, their tribute to Leonard Skinner. And up on the screen, they have the pictures of Leonard Skinner through the years in homage. But they came out and just kept right on going with Monsters and then closing out with Cut the Cord. Three and a half, absolutely phenomenal. See, here's my problem with Shinedown. I have heard that they pre-record a lot of their shows. They have some stuff in there. The, there's stuff that they're not going to be able to do. Like for Cut the Cord, they've got the little chorus thing from the kids. So there's things that have to be brought in that can't be done live. Yeah, but I don't think that's what I, I read. I think it's more 
some of the musical parts. Some of the stuff that, I mean, Motley Crue's getting accused of this right now. Kiss yeah. is getting accused of it. You know, it's not like with Van Halen. When we see Van Halen, well, in the past, of course, they the the keyboard part for Jump, the beginning is pre-recorded. You know, but uh, I don't know. I, I I just get tired of hearing all these innuendos and rumors. Not it just is, Shine Down, but, but there's other a lot bands. of bands that do it. But I don't like Regardless, it at all. I don't care who it is. Old band, new band, I don't like it. Play the damn songs or don't go out on tour. They were playing it because they had, for a few of the songs, they had their piano come down. And there were issues with it. So there was nothing pre-recorded there. It was, it was a little See, out of cool. touch. That's cool. And they apologized for the issues they had with it. There you go. That's what I want to hear. So, Mistakes make it a more real yeah. show, a more yeah. honest show. Yep. So there there were issues. Even if you got to hear Vince Neil croaking like a frog. <laughs> yeah. No, the vocals sounded good throughout. I mean, the sound for everybody was very good for this show for everyone. And we've had a lot of problems with sound lately in the shows we've seen. We have. So good to hear. Yeah. No, th this one rocked from start to finish. Very, very cool. So worthwhile going to. So Connor you, Connor was pissed that he was out of town and did not get to go. But Nick, my youngest, thoroughly freaking enjoyed it. Very, very good. Very good. So I'm assuming you like Yo-Yo Ma better than Shinedown? Yeah, no. <laughs> I got to ask this. Did you dress up for Yo-Yo Ma? No, no, I did not. You didn't put on a suit and tie? No, okay. no we did not get dressed okay. up tonight. There were people who were decked out, but then you also had the people coming in in their ripped up jeans and t-shirts. So, All right. That's I went, Jen thing. wore a dress. I wore my khakis and a polo. Yeah, that's fine. So that's fine. I was just worried you were like getting all dressed. Oh, up no, and... we didn't. We didn't play that game. <laughs> Maybe if we were on the floor in the front couple rows, but being up in the balcony, the upper area with the common folk. No. <laughs> and we did see where Bean, we normally and we sit. did see beans and his wife. Beans was, pork there. Pork and and beans beans. was there with his wife and his mom and his sister. Pork and Beans is one of our old uh, Sports Frenzy cast members. From back in the day on cable access. Yes, Pork and Beans. That's awesome. So You can't <laughs> get away from Sports Frenzy no matter where you go in this freaking city where we tape. Exactly. All right, we got three songs for you this week. Lots of rock and roll. Let us start off with Matchbox 20. Second single off their upcoming album is called Don't Get Me Wrong. No, it is not a remake of the old Pretender song. No, it is not. But I, I'll tell you what, it's damn catchy. It is. It's it's very poppy and it's got a groove. It's it's very struts-like. I, th I thought it was very, it, it's got the earworm. It is. It, it, it gets in you and you, you find yourself bopping along with it. Yep. I give it a solid three frenzies. Exactly. Th this one is good. 
So it's enjoyable. Very encouraged here with the first two singles. Wild Dogs, of course, yep. was good as well. So I, I'm very happy so far with what we're going to see in August. Yes. What we're going to hear with Matchbox 20. Maybe they're kind of reclaiming that old, you Getting know, back to... Kings of Pop Rock crown that they lost decades ago. Yeah, we can hope. All right. Shall we go with Mr. Mellencamp? Yes, I will admit something, though. Um, uh, you're you're going to play catch up on this. I did review this last okay, week. Okay, that's realized, fine. But I will be more than happy to insert my opinion. So, hey, God, his country folk anti-gun violence epic. Well, I don't know if epic is the right way to go. No, I wouldn't say it's epic. No, it's... It's no winger. No, it's... <laughs> nice. No, it was okay. Just... Eh, he's making his political statement. Fine. And again, if you're going to do it like this, that's fine. Just don't... When we Just, see him in concert... When we see him, don't go off on a five-minute tangent. So you know he's gonna say something though. He's yeah, gonna, he, he will. He'll have to preface it, but blah blah blah. Now, it was I, all right. I, eh. I, and here's the thing: I did not listen to last week's podcast. Believe it or not, we do this, and I let it go. It's just it is what it is. I do not go back and listen to it and go, "Oh, I should have said that," or "I shouldn't have said that." But I'm trying to remember if I actually rated the music I, I talked about last <laughs> week. So I don't know if I actually gave Hey God a rating or not. If I did, there you go. If I didn't, then I will give you one now. Um, I liked it to a point. I would give it a, a three. Not a strong, not a weak. Because here's the thing. It reminded See, I me. I want a strong two and a half. It reminded me of his... When I, I talk about John Mellencamp, I get caught up in eras of John Mellencamp. There was the the the, the era where he was the rock god, Scarecrow, uh-huh, American Fool. And then he started after Scarecrow and everybody went, wow, this guy can really write lyrics that are deep and meaningful. And then oh, he started to become well, a little more pretentious. Me, yes. And this is what... Hey God reminded Lonesome Jubilee era. Yes. Yeah. When he started to bring in more of the eclectic musical instruments, the fiddles. Yeah. That's why I went with that country folk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's where Lonesome Jubilee started to go. And then he went into Big Daddy. And that's where he's at. So this harkened back to that era, which isn't a bad thing for me because some of the stuff he's put out over the last two, three decades has been a little too much yeah. in terms of Woody Guthrie and yeah. homage to, you know, the old blues stuff. Okay, we get it. You don't want to be Mr. John Rocker. Cougar anymore. But that's where your fan base came from. I still think that's the coolest name ever for a rock star. John Cougar. God yep. damn. Why did he hate that so much? I would love, call me John Cougar Maestro. Seriously. <laughs> But uh, no, Hey God's a good song. It's um, good. I'll it, give it a strong two and a half. Yeah, and I'll go three. Middle middle of the road, not strong, not weak. Just solid three. There. Solid three. 
All right. Now, one of our favorite new bands, Rival Sun's latest single, Guillotine. The fourth release off of their upcoming album, Dark Fighter. Yep. This one's a little different. It is different. It's it is. very different. Now, here's the thing. Here's how I try to reconcile this. It's I admire a band who will go out on a limb once in a while. And I, I that's how I'm looking at this song. This this is their experimental for an experimental song, it's not awful. No, it's but it not is not awful, you're not getting not, this played on the radio. Sons. You're not getting this no. played on the radio. No, 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 no. This this is this is definitely B-side, maybe C-side. But it's still intriguing. It it's is still interesting. It, it, it's one that I kind of been drawn back to for some reason. It's not great, but there's just something about it. Yeah, it it sound to me what it sounds like is if thirty years in the future they become a big band, and thirty years in the future they put out a box set of b-sides and unreleased <laughs> tracks and this is this going would to be, be there this would have been one of those songs yeah like an undiscovered gem so to speak i'll give it two and a half that it's, yeah two and a, a half is it's there. intriguing it's interesting if this was not the rival sons though i don't know what i would think about it <laughs> i know i'm 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 probably giving it a higher rating because it's the rival sons i agree i agree because they have, over the last year or so, built up enough cachet here. That they, they, they're allowed something like this. Yeah. This but again, is, it's, this not is their one. it's not it's boring. It's not boring. That's the main thing. It's Don't not bore me. boring. It's it's just different. Yes. Weird, wild stuff, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> no, you're supposed to go, yes! You are correct, sir! There you go. There you go. The old school late night shows. Yep. <laughs> if only I could do Larry Bud Melvin. <laughs> no, right. you don't want to go there. <laughs> All right. Next week, Dave and I, we're, we're going to undertake a the start of a mammoth project. Not mammoth WVH. That's Although there the is fall. a single that we'll review from yes. them. Yes, that is true. Second single from the upcoming Mammoth 2 album is Like a Pastime, which I've also heard, have not heard the song, already seen a review saying this is very different. Oh, so we God, could be, here we go we again. Could be getting a guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a guillotine situation Ooh, all over again. Oh, boy. Uh, also, a bonus track from Bush, the Art of Survival Deluxe Edition. You know how much I love that shit is coming out so all things must change we're gonna listen to that yep then we have duff mckagan of gnr guns and roses yep doing his solo thing this is the song <laughs> can't be any more succinct than that <laughs> but the, the the project, project. the rock project we're <sighs> going to see smashing pumpkins this fall they have released a massive three CD, 33 song set, a rock opera in three acts called Autumn. 
A-T-U-M. Yep. Billy Corgan swears it's pronounced autumn. I can't. I, I have can't, to go in between. A tomb. I can't go. I can't go there, but I can't go autumn either. So I go autumn. You know, kind of a tum. Trying to split the difference there. How about just a tum? <laughs> but we are going to slowly but surely review this. So next week, part one, the first disc, the first act of this three-act rock opera. Dave and I will start reviewing autumn for you next week from the smashing pumpkins so how about that there you go kids we told you things were going to pick up here with the music yep and didn't you have one other little tidbit that you wanted to bring up yeah real quick dolly parton <sighs> has announced the track list for her rock album called rock star oh god here's the thing 30 songs. <laughs> oh, for the love of God and all that's holy. 21 covers, 30 songs. Uh, the first single, which I was gonna propose, I didn't want to didn't want to put this out there until you would agree to it. I'll agree to it. The first single is out. So let's add a fourth song. All right. The first single from Dolly Parton's Rockstar is called World on Fire. This is an original. This is not a cover. World on Fire. Okay. We're going to review Dolly Parton next week. <laughs> oh, Lord. Stay with us. We're just, just work with we're us. having fun. We're just trying to have fun here, okay? She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She wants. Oh, who is it now? Exactly. I ripped she, on that last she, week. That's a bunch of crap from last week. But we'll give Dolly her due to try and rock out. All right, movies coming up next. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Three. Stuck in a no-win situation? Wife being held captive while your feet bleed? Take a second to decompress. Pull out your smartphone and listen to Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and cast box. And don't forget to check out their Facebook page. The Maestro and the Conquistador will take your mind off your dire predicament and give you the best non-PC sports commentary you'll find anywhere. And once you compose your exit strategy and take down some German terrorists, you'll want to yell, yippee Kai Sports Frenzy 2.0! All right, kids, segment two of the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the Conquistador, Dave Height. And I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. Here we are recording May 10th, 2023, dropping Saturday morning, May 13th on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! All right, movie review time. You want me to begin well, yeah, with you the got, big you box got, office Yes, sensation. and I screwed up. I said Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at the end of the last segment. I was listening to the first two movies' soundtracks this week at work. 
All right. I'll give you that. We were trying to listen to some 80s music. So 70s and 80s stuff. I brought those in. So the dude I share my office with, cool guy, could listen to the music he liked. So we listened to Mr. Blue Sky and all the Lakeshore Drive, Cherry Bomb, all that good stuff. Now, I looked at the soundtrack for Volume 3, wasn't as impressed. But I will let you fill in the gaps without spoilers. There will be no spoilers for you. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The end of the trilogy from Mr. Gunn. As you said, the soundtrack isn't as solid as the first two. I wanted to walk out for a few minutes while they played the acoustic version of Radiohead's Creep. Who wouldn't? One of my least favorite songs of all time. Amen, brother! Oh my God, it was so painful painful but i digress the rest of the soundtrack there's some okay in there but there's some good stuff as well you got the beasties you've got heart things hit in the right spot except for creep that just had no no place at all in the movie it it well the first two soundtracks as i recall did not pander to anything Outside of the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Now you're seeing more getting into the 90s, a little 2000. I'm like, how? What? No. How so is, is, is Peter Quill still playing cassettes or has he now got CDs he's burned? No, he's got the iPod. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> great. So, all right. Anyway, they're there. He's, of course, lamenting the loss of Gamora as she was because, you know, she's come back and it's the prequel Gamora who has no memory of anything. Thanks, Thanos. But really, Guardians 3 is all about Rocket. You get Rocket's backstory and everything there. And what goes on, and it's really freaking well done. I have to say, I liked this the best of the three. Wow. Wow. There you go. And Jen and the boys agreed that this was the best of the three. Wow. The way everything fell together, everything... The, just the way the whole vibe of it went. And I will say the way it progressed, the team really came together. They, of course, at odds because they're the misfits. But just the rallying for each other really hit home of how they've grown to be a family. And you may have heard rumors and rumblings of what's going to happen at the end. All I will say is it's satisfying. And you've got a couple of new characters coming into play. Cosmo, 
the dog, the Russian space dog, <laughs> kind of lends a little little comic relief in there, but plays an important role. It it was really well done. Two and a half hours that flew by. It. it it just rolled right on. There was really no downtime. It didn't lag. Gunn was at his peak here on this one. Rating? He, I will give it a super solid three and a half. If I would have said right after, I would have gone four. But there, there's enough there that you... Creep ruined it for you. Creep ruined it for <laughs> no. me. No, there's there's a little bit there there's a couple of things where it's like okay, but no, it it's so super solid. This, this is Marvel. This well, is Guns this Marvel harking back. This is what we want from Marvel movies. Well, you and I discussed this for weeks and weeks leading up to this. And I'm glad to hear it's not a disappointment, number one. It's not even, no, it is but, fantastic. But we said, because this was James Gunn, this would not be like the past four or five Marvel movies that have been disappointing and subpar. We said, James Gunn will figure out a way to make Guardians 3 up there with the best of the Marvel movies. And he succeeded, and then some. But here's what I'm concerned about. The after effects of Eternals and Quantumania are dragging down Guardians. I fully expected this movie, because I expected the high quality. You have you have you know, you have validated what yeah. I thought was going to happen with Guardians 3. James Gunn, high quality. But the bad movies that Disney shepherded through the, are the bringing last four down. Or five people don't want to see it because of the Disney stigma. No, it's James Gunn doing Guardians the way he has always done them. The level has not dropped. He slightly elevated this one. As the swan song. Yeah, and that's what bothers me, is I had no reason to believe otherwise. And again, you've confirmed. But the fact that this is going to be the most underperforming of the three movies by quite, it's, a, it's quite a bit is sad. It's because, sad because again, it was the most solid of the movies. I don't want to hear all this about superhero burnout. I think it's because of the last four or five Disney movies Black that have been Panther, subpar Wakanda forever sucked. I haven't seen Ant-Man yet. That's coming out in a couple weeks. Eternals was okay, but these movies ever since Disney officially took over, starting with black widow have been subpar compared to everything with Thanos, the Thanos up, you know, the building up yeah. to the, you know, end game and the infinity war and all that. And that was so cohesive and it made sense and it flowed. Now it's more chaotic and now the movies don't seem to fit together. And we've seen the trailers for the Marvels and it looks abysmal. Oh my God, it looks so bad. We, we saw it again before Guardians 3 and it 
no, no, why? It looks so pathetic. And the, the sad thing is, the first movie wasn't that bad. No, it was pretty good. Yeah. And then they're the. But the, again, that this, was a Marvel driven. That was not a Disney. That was a Marvel driven is, movie. This is going more. They're making the Marvels kind of like the whole Ragnarok, Love and Thunder, trying to do the stupid campy comedy crap that doesn't belong. Yep. Well, I I am glad to hear that Guardians 3 is very, very good. I will try to check it out. It is. When, when it comes about, when you get a chance, definitely see it. I will wait my requisite two weeks like I did with John Wick. There you go. And then I'll sneak out on a Saturday morning and go see it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to wait. Is... I'm not going to wait for Disney Plus on this one. Yeah, I've been wanting no. to see this one for a yep. long time. It's it is well worth going to see. Yep. All right. Well, I can't compare to that, but I will say the movie I saw that I watched was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. So there we go. I watched Scream 6. Now, those of you, if you want to, again, dig back into the annals, I mean annals of Sports Frenzy and look back at a year and a half ago when I reviewed Scream 5, I was not very kind to it. No, no, you were not. I did not like Scream 5 at all. I thought it was a piece of crap. I thought it was garbage. I did not like Jenna Ortega at all. And, of course, now she's a big star because of Wednesday on Netflix. The good news is Scream 6 is better. It's not fantastic, but it's definitely much more watchable, much more enjoyable than 5 was. Here's the catch, though. You got to watch 5 to kind of understand six. Oh God, I knew you were going to say that. So yeah, <sighs> that, that kind of blows, but I, I will say that at least <clears throat> walking away after watching scream six on Paramount plus, this was more up to the level of some of the previous movies. Now I have never been a huge fan of the franchise to begin with. I got at the beginning. Yeah, I got the meta thing. Oh, you know, it's a slasher movie within a slasher movie with, you know. Yeah. Okay. It, it wore out its welcome pretty quick with me. And so then they rebooted with five. Brought in the, the, the Carpenter sisters. Number one, love the name. Obviously a nod to, to the Frog Brothers. Well, I say it was a nod to the great John Carpenter. Well, yeah. The king of directing slasher movies but uh you have the aforementioned jenna ortega and her uh not hard to look at sister played by melissa barrera who i have come to appreciate decide is very very worthy of being the next mrs x mrs crane <laughs> um but the Carpenter sisters have been the focus since Scream 5. Um, and again, much different movie. 
from Screen 5. Much better movie. Um, it was more cohesive, more fun. Yes, there's the blatant gore. And yes, you've got Courtney Cox back again as Gail Weathers. So take that for what you will. I still can't look at her and, and not cringe a little bit. Uh, the, the worst example ever of bad plastic surgery. Oh, no, I think Hollywood. Meg Ryan still has her beat. Well, that's true, but Meg Ryan at least has the common sense to not go in front of a camera anymore. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy Scream 6 to a point. I can't go gaga overwhelmingly say I loved it. I'll give it a solid two and a half frenzies. Yeah, there you go. Uh, much better than the previous one. All right. That's all you can hope for. Yep. So, and of course, now we've got news. Beetlejuice is coming out in 2024 with the aforementioned Ms. Ortega portraying the daughter of Winona Ryder's character. She's reprising her role coming back. So she is now officially given what she did with Wednesday in that Tim Burton camp. Yep. Yep, and Burton is back with this, so right. it's going to be good to see Keaton going all nutsy cuckoo again on screen, <laughs> getting back to his comedic roots. It, I like how he is managing his career. Yes, you know he is. He's done his big budget stuff. He enjoyed his success. He did his artsy fartsy stuff with Birdman. Yep. And now, of course, if you haven't seen it by now, he's going to be back as Batman in The Flash. The Flash. And now coming back as Beetlejuice should bring it full circle for the, the full career revival yeah. for Michael Keaton. And nobody deserves it more than him. No, he is so good at anything he does. Yeah, He's good at the drama, the action, the comedy. He's I, one of my favorites. I, I hate to say this. You know what I would have liked to have seen him do? Not now because television is so splintered and, and weird and kind of bad right now. But maybe 20 years ago, I would love to have seen him do a sitcom. Oh, God. Yeah, he, he would have been have pulled, so good. Pulled off a sitcom. Oh, my God. like Kind of like a Tim Allen type show. Yeah. You know, the cranky dad. Yep. They missed the mark on a Mr. Mom sitcom. With him. With him. Right. I think they did try one, but of course. Yeah, it yeah. it needed to be him. All right. But. Now, we're going to test your movie knowledge because you have the brain. You have the movie mind that we all strive to have. Oh, God, the pressure's on. They are making a sequel to a movie that I always appreciated. Was not a huge hit at the box office. Do you remember the movie Lord of War? Oh my was God, he's that, stumped. He's no, stumped. Is that the one with John Cusack playing the arms dealer? This is Nicolas Cage. Okay. Okay, no, it was Nick Cage playing the arms dealer. Yes. Yes, which I thought was vastly that was, underrated. My God, that was that was really damn good. Where he's going around selling everything yes. and 
staying one step ahead right, of Interpol. Right, and, right. Yes. He is reprising the role in, wait for it, Lords Lord of, of War. War. <laughs> Lords of War. <laughs> you know what? I will watch it. I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Now, was, I'll, I'll wait and see with, with what has happened with Nicolas Cage's career. We were just talking about Michael Keaton. Nicholas Cage has not done the best job in the world of managing his career. No, he and Bruce Willis have whored themselves out to anything and everything. Yeah. And even when now Cage has tried to come back into the spotlight, miserable failure with Renfield that was just out, the, uh, what, the unbreakable, unbearable, massive weight of talent, whatever it was, yeah. that I watched that was very mediocre, didn't do much either. So, we'll see. Now, I loved Lord of War. Lord of War was really damn good. So, we'll see how Lords of War plays. I, I think Lord of War was one that we reviewed back in the day on cable access. Could be. It could be. Early 90s? Yeah. I'll have to look and see. I'm not sure if it's that old, but if it is, number no, one, I, I know, I know we've, I know we've, dis <laughs> I know we've discussed it. Maybe not on the show, but but that was that was right after his peak. That was right after he won his Oscars. Yeah, yeah, it was after the leaving Las Vegas, right. and he was riding high, and this was that drama that wrote he was trying to ride through. Mm-hmm. And it didn't get enough credit when it came out. No, no, it didn't. It wasn't a bomb, but it wasn't that much of a hit either. No, they, they did not market it well. But it, it must say something to the quality of the original if they're going to make a sequel. Yeah. All right. Last week I mentioned, of course, that we have a writer's strike on. get so tired of yeah, writers and the actors have to come out and go oh we wouldn't be anything without the writers yeah you know why because you're not as great and creative as you think you are i get tired of it I, I, you guys if you never heard me talk about how much i hate unions here i hate unions unions are counterproductive and this is why because now we're going to shut down TV production and shut down movie production just after we got out of the whole COVID bullshit. All right, so maybe now all these production companies will get off their asses and finish editing all the films they had done before COVID hit and they couldn't go into the studios to finish their editing process because, oh, we don't want to get sick and everything was shut down because of Governor Newsom. Now you have the time. Put the damn content out. Get it out to the people. So sick of this crap. And then, how again, hate to harp on this, but how much money, how much time did they waste Warner Brothers DC with that Batgirl movie, which is fairly well completed, and they won't yeah. release it. Absolutely Will stupid. this force them to put this out finally because they're going to need something? They need something out there. Where are all these scripts that were written beforehand? There's enough stuff out there. There's got to be things that they can be doing. 
So these are the shows so far outside of Saturday Night Live. Who cares? Nobody. The late night shows. Who cares? Nobody. But these are the ones that we care about that have been affected. Stranger Things Season 5 now delayed. Oh, there's a shock. Now, I have not watched Beyond Season 1, but did like Season 1. Been meaning to watch more. Evil. Again, we talked about this with the whole Marvel. But they put it on Paramount, so I couldn't have cared less. But now I have access. Maybe I can go back and watch it. Marvel. Obviously affected. And again, Blade. Delayed again. Because they can't get their shit together to begin with. And here's the one that might hurt the most. Stranger Things hurts, but like you said, shocking. Yeah, it was going to get delayed no matter what because they can't get anything together. Daredevil, born again. Delayed. There you go. The epic series we've been waiting for with the Punisher coming back. Kingpin. But again, I who knows when I would get to it because I won't give the rat my money. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Disney and uh, Hulu, now it's going to be one thing together. Kind of like what HBO is doing with, with Discovery. Max with and Max, and now it's going to be who Diz? No, it's just Max now. It's well, no, Max. Max is, the, yeah, but for the Disney Hulu, are they going to oh. go, who dis? You're so funny. Dis who? And the thing is, they're still going to allow you to get all of the ESPN plus Hulu, Disney plus, all separate. So I don't understand what the point is. I, I would assume they're offering a discount. <laughs> Yeah, I know. The laughs on the consumer. The joke is on us. All right, Dave and I are done with segment two. Coming up, we will discuss a little bit of TV and streaming. Now, Dave was kind enough to not spoil Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for me and for you. So I will not spoil the penultimate episode of Titans for him. Because, of course, sadly, as you are listening to this on Saturday morning, the 13th, Titans will officially, it looks like, be done as episode 12, I believe the final episode. Curses! Will be out. But! Cut! <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm a sucker <laughs> for that, man. You had me at con. <laughs> It seemed appropriate. Oh, I will also talk about Beavis and Butthead, even though Dave has now all of a sudden, shockingly, decided that Beavis and Butthead are not a priority in his life, which I don't. I told. I fail to understand that. Inside job I am done with, so now I can transition in to Beavis and Butthead. Well, I am going to believe it or not, on a couple levels, you're going to love this. I'm going to go meta here as we we get back to segment three here in a second. I am going to tie in Beavis and Butthead, this last episode, into Winger. Oh, God help me. And it's not It because doesn't have anything to do with Stuart. No Stuart. 
no winger shirt. You'll have to stay tuned, kids, to to listen to what I've got to say. All right. We'll be right back. Hello. I am James Cameron, prestigious film director. And since it takes me over a decade to make a movie, I've got plenty of time between takes to listen to my favorite podcast, Sports Frenzy 2.0, on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. Hey, wait, I'm having an epiphany. I have a new idea. Summer of 2035. Blue robots from the future on a doomed ocean liner. Oh, brilliant. Where's Arnold? Get me Schwarzenegger. What about DiCaprio? What about Edward Furlong? We know he's not doing anything. (laughs) All right, kids. Third and final segment here, the weekend edition, Sports Frenzy 2.0, taping on May the 10th. This will hit, as always. Saturday morning, your ultimate hangover cure. He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's a maestro, Kevin Crane. All right, we have covered music. We have covered movies. We have got TV and streaming. We've got a book review or two. Two? We got a joint. What? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, Spicoli. (laughs) And then, of course, a couple dumbasses and a moment of silence. Let's start off with TV and streaming again, as I alluded to in the last segment. Don't want to jump the gun on Dave. We're kind of a little, we do a little bit of a free form here with TV and streaming. We watch what we want to watch. We have shows that we watch in common, but sometimes we. Sometimes I'm delayed because they're the same shows I watch with my boys trying to get schedules. And sometimes I just don't have the time to watch. Like, you're all of a sudden ahead of me on Gotham Knights. Right. So, now I am ahead of you on Titans, Season 4, Episode 11. Finished up last Thursday. As you listen to this, kids, Titans looks like it is over. Episode 12 aired this past Thursday. next week we'll give you the recap. All I will say is that... I like the fact, and this actually alludes back to episode 10, I like the fact that I had my worries, I had my doubts, but they are telling you, showing you that Connor, Superboy, is not turned evil. He is actually, in his own way, trying to help the Titans. Nick and I got ahead of Connor. My son, not the character. <laughs> but uh, we, Nick and I both appreciate what Connor does. He's, he's coming into his own. And as Connor Luther, he's got style and panache. <laughs> you, you, I like him more now than I did before. He's not the naive little pissant that he had been. He's becoming his own person. Yeah, as as this all winds up, 
Um, I think everybody, for the most part, all the characters are are showing us again that they are worth the time we invested in them. The only one that I've complained about this year, and again, this was the episode where you were off rocking with Shine Down and gallivanting with Yo Yo Ma, is. I did not like the little detour they took with Gar for the most part. That was pretty dull and boring to the red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still, I, I, I root for Corey and Dick to get together. They're a good couple. I like them. I would, if I was him, I'd be like, yeah, I'll do anything I can um, to stay with that. Hello, back going back to Teen Titans Go. <laughs> Robin and Starfire. Robin's all about Starfire. Yep. So it's a natural thing. Yep. Um, so again, I will not spoil episode 11. I will just say that you can tell as they wrote this, they knew this was coming to an end. I don't know if they'd actually gotten the word yet from the James Gunn regime, but they are starting to bring back people from past it's, episodes and seasons to kind of give it's it closure. Kind of a wrap up. Yes. There so. we go. Now, of course, Beavis and Butthead, the second season of the revival. <laughs> And I, of course, promised a tie-in to our review of Winger. Now without we talked, Stewart. Without no, no Stewart, not in this one. Winger, we talked about in segment one, talking about the new album seven, talking about all the allusions to religion, right? Yep. Heaven and hell and all that. Well, both segments of episode four of season two hellhole and take a bow oh god are both very well steeped in life and death and religious aspects terminology whatever you want to say i will say now they of course both have their own unique beavis and butthead spin on them well of course they do but i found it interesting that as I'm listening to Winger and talking Winger. about all these religious topics that both of the short 10, 12 minute segments on Beavis and Butthead this week also discussed life and death and heaven and hell. Well, so how about that? There you go. Now I will say this episode was much better than last week's episode three. As I reviewed it while you were it was gone. was a clunker. That was a clunker. That was not good. Not good. Oh, my goodness. Where, where are my manners? I should recap WWE Backlash from last <laughs> Saturday. Oh, God help me. The people would not no! expect anything less. No. All I'm going to bring up is, number one, Backlash is always the lamest premium live event now, as they call them. PLE of the entire year. Oh, there you go. They never, they never have a, a championship change hands. Nobody ever wins a belt. So what's the point? It's a very boring, 
boring. This one was in Puerto Rico, so that was the big thing. Oh, so half the episode Whoop I needed subtitles for, and they didn't give them to me. What was the point? I don't know. The big match was Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. Now, I will say this. Number one. Brock Lesnar got busted up, and he was bleeding all over the freaking place. <laughs> so that's always cool. Sorry, but but the coolest thing of all was on Monday Night Raw. You figure it again. This was just a trash one-off show before we get into the, the next phase leading up to the next pay-per-view, which is Night of Champions, which is in Saudi Arabia, where all the women are going to have to wear bodysuits from head to toe. But anyway. Oh, gee. Aren't people going to be up in arms for them taking Saudi money? Gee, it doesn't seem like it, does it? PGA sucks. Um, But on Monday Night Raw, they announced they've got a new belt because, you know, Roman Reigns is so fucking good that he is dominated and he's got both belts forever. So they had to come up with a new belt. So they started this tournament Monday night. Well, they don't have the Intercontinental anymore. But that no, this is a new, this is the World Heavyweight Championship belt now that they're bringing back. The Intercontinental Champion is still there. It's Gunther of Imperium. Gunther? Yes. But because they need to have a belt on both Raw and SmackDown. Oh, for the love of all that's holy. So they start this tournament Monday night, right? And Cody Rhodes happens to be involved in one of these triple threat matches. And then eventually at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia, they will crown this world heavyweight champion. So the cool thing was I was convinced. I was like, oh, Cody Rhodes is going to win this. He's going to go all the way through and win this belt. And then he and... He and Roman Reigns at some point will will meet, meet. to unify oh, yeah. and blah blah blah. Brock Lesnar came out and took Cody Rhodes and threw him through the freaking announcing table. <laughs> and he Cody Rhodes lost. Brock Lesnar with stitches in his forehead took Cody Cody Rhodes cannot now win the World Heavyweight Championship. Finn Balor got the the match. He moves on. So I was like, okay. All right, this is getting interesting Well, for once, the writing was not predictable. Because I would have said it's going to be Seth Rollins. It's going to be Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes out. Because Brock Lesnar, after what happened at Backlash, came out and ruined Cody. And now, of course, he's yelling at Cody Rhodes as his body is lying there in a stupor. Night of Champions rematch! (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. For wrestling, it was actually creative writing. That's nice for a change. Yes. Jack Ryan season four. The final season will start June the 30th. (laughs) Woohoo! Much earlier than anticipated. Yeah, a lot earlier. Good grief. It hasn't been all that long since it ended. Yeah. This is nice. They said this is the shortest gap between series, you know, seasons ending, seasons beginning for Jack Ryan. Yeah. This is great. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a year, year and a half like everything else has been. 
Now, don't don't take this as a sign to not watch Yellowstone, because I know you've been at some point. I watched the first episode two years ago. I'll have to go back and watch it again. But it's official now. Yellowstone is ending after part two of season five, which now has been pushed back to November. At least. Is it because of Kevin Costner wanting to do other things and not liking the shooting schedule? Is he a prima donna? Whatever it is, Yellowstone Or ends. maybe he just didn't like the way the story was going and wanted out. So you got half a season left for Yellowstone before the sequel series begins the next month in December. And again, not confirmed. Yellowstone Legacy? I don't know. But by all accounts, even though it's not official, Matthew McConaughey will be the star of the sequel series. As the illegitimate son coming in? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Drama behind the scenes of a drama. There you go. All right, book time. Time to educate you people. Time to get you to pick up a book and read. Or a couple books. Now, because I don't read nearly as much as Evelyn Wood over here. This is like the only book review you're going to get from me until maybe midsummer. <laughs> as Dave cringes because he reads a book every three days. But last year, the new Lincoln Child, Jeremy Logan thriller came out, Chrysalis. So we both read that. We have. You fresh off the final pages. A couple days ago. A couple days ago. And I will say this right off the bat. Let's start with the end. I I love a good ending to a book, and even though it wasn't this the the ending I'm talking about the conclusion, not the ending of the climax. No, not the the, action. The end of the book. Yes, the the resolution. Let's say the resolution was very nice. Kind of the epilogue, if you will. Yes, very nice, very fitting, very heartwarming. Apropos to the whole theme of what was going on. I thought it was a nice little wrap up there for Lincoln Child for this book. Now, overall, now he's been doing a lot of books with Jeremy Logan. I jumped in on this just because it sounded interesting. I have not read all of the Jeremy Logan books. I have. The Enigmologist. He just stuck his hand up in the air. (laughs) Ooh, 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 ooh. Like a hyperactive, like Horseshack. Mr. Carter, I've read them all. Yeah, the enigmologist, Jeremy Logan. This is my first exposure to him. Um, I like Chrysalis. I liked it. It's pretty solid. I will admit, the first chapter, I had forgotten about by the time I got halfway through the book. <laughs> I had completely forgotten that it happened. And then, of course, they bring it back. <clears throat> The whole coming through where it was and how it's cut off from everything. Now, the one thing I will say about Chrysalis is, in criticism, it reminded me a little too much of reading a 
Jack Ryan, old school Tom Clancy novel. It's not as long, but it doesn't get as bogged down. It gets, but to but a there point, is a lot of explanation of the science mumbo jumbo. A lot of which is what you're gonna get now with all the AI shit that's hitting everything. It's kind of apropos to the times. Yeah, I know. And, and I, that was kind of disheartening reading. I read Lincoln Child's little footnote after the book where he was kind of giddy about hoping that this is where we were all going. Was yeah, this kind of a future? Yeah, we don't want to go there. That's not a future I want. The VR, AI stuff. No, I don't want to live in a virtual world. I want to enjoy the real world. Exactly. Even if it sucks. It's real. Yeah. Do... Which I we guess... do not want to be Wally, where we're all big tubs of goo lounging in a mobile floating chair, watching whatever, and just <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel too. Now, of course, it's ironic because I did like the ending again. It worked as part of the story. But do you take away the, the technical aspects and a little too much of the, the VR, AI, mumbo-jumbo? And it's a very solid, solid thriller. I loved the description of this headquarters, this little mini city, the Taurus. Yeah. Where, where everybody lives and works. And yeah. Uh, the company so, compound. So, again, enjoyable. So I'll give it a solid three frenzies. Yep, that's right, where it belongs. All right. Now, of course, Dave, because he reads a book every 15... He just read another book as I, I was talking. Not. He just read another book as I was talking. Liar! Anyway, I finished David Baldacci's latest, Simply Lies. This is another... I don't know if it's going to be a one-off or if he's going to go down the road and making this another series. But uh, former New Jersey police detective, Mickey Gibson picks up the pieces of her life after a divorce and complete disappearance of her ex-husband who had been a detective as well. So she's left with two young kids working for a company that goes after tax cheats and business defaulters. So they try and hide the money. She uses the computer and all of the assets to track down where they've hidden everything and hold them accountable. Unwittingly gets pulled into a murder investigation. So somebody contacts her, says they're part from the company, wants her to go inventory this mansion and set up to find a body. And mass chaos ensues where witness protection is involved, old mob ties, a new, more recent scumbag who has people off if they cross him working with his dad, who's a former 
FBI agent, and it's a gobbledygook mess of which witness protection family member is who involved in trying to find the treasure that the dead person who had been a mob accountant that turned on them, all the money that he took, where is it? So lots of twists and turns in this one. It was a very slow slog of a start. And it was about a third of the way through when it really finally started picking up. There was just enough to keep me going. But a third of the way through, it started to pick up steam and find its rhythm. Um, predictable, cheesy ending. I kind of knew how it was going to wind up going. Not his strongest overall book. I can only give this one a two and a half. Okay. So I, I kind of hope this is a one-off. The one one-off he had prior, the 620 man, which was a former military guy who went to work for a Wall Street company and got sucked into solving the murders that were going on with the government agency pulling the strings with him. I had, I want to hear more of that character, but we'll see. And don't worry, kids, we still got about eight, nine minutes left. He might read another book before we're done with this episode. Don't count on it. <laughs> All right. We've got a moment of silence. Now, you've got to be of a certain age to get this. You have to be of my age. I don't even know if Dave's going to get this one. I'd forgotten completely about this guy. You remember you remember the old lady, Where's the Beef? Remember her? Yeah, the old Wendy's commercials. You remember Mr. Whipple? Yeah, Don't Squeeze the Charmin. This guy is kind of one of those... Bill Saluga. Do you remember Bill Saluga? Passed away. You can call me Ray. Oh, you, you can call, call me Jay, Jay, but you don't have to call me Johnson. <laughs> yep. Yep. Bill Saluga passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I had completely forgotten about Holy that. Holy cow. Completely forgotten about that whole shtick he had. Man. And then when I saw he passed away and they... They called him the, uh, you can call me Ray guy. I'm like, oh, oh man, God. I yep. remember that. I remember those. Yep. So I have to, uh, thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. If you can do That's one thing. That's a pop culture icon Exactly. Right if you there. can do one thing great, like he did, you deserve to get mentioned. You deserve our memories and Yeah, that's, that's up there with. Ancient Chinese secret, eh? <laughs> and again, we don't have fun like that anymore. Is there anything like that in commercials now? No. Now, the only stuff you see in commercials now pisses you off. It doesn't make you laugh. I doesn't make don't you... want any more fucking Liberty Mutual Emu Limu commercials. I'm sick of Flo and her stupid yeah, ass Flo, progressive yeah. team. When Flo dies in 20 years... 
Oh, thank God it can't come soon enough. <laughs> wow, you hate Flo that much, huh? I hate the progressive commercials. I hate the Liberty Mutual commercials. I agree with you. The Liberty Mutual commercials are god-awful, whether it's the emu or not. Yeah, Liberty Mutual and progressive Find something else. I can live with the progressive commercials if they're done right. Like when they had John Hamm on there and they were trying to do the whole love interest thing. Yeah, that, that war after two. And then the new one where mm -hmm. they take the wrong turn into the uh, the RV part of the, the rest stop is very funny. That one's okay. Four different types of jerky. I live here now. There's very few that are worthwhile. One one out of five is good. Oh, I'll agree with you on that, but at least it's Liberty Mutual zero out of five. This is true. All right, a couple of dumbasses for you kids, and we're going to wrap things up. Talking about... A corporate executive having a duh, no shit moment. Former Yahoo CEO, okay? Yahoo CEO, former. So that's like one of the biggest positions in the world, right? Yeah. Former Yahoo CEO, Marissa Mayer. Yeah, looking back, I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close. Looking back, I think we should have bought Netflix or Hulu instead of Tumblr. Yeah, think? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Don't we all have moments like that? <laughs> I could have had a V8. <laughs> Now, we're doing commercials again now. <laughs> Yahoo! Looking back, I should have gone to work for Yahoo instead of Yahoo. <laughs> I should have search engine chocolate milk. Hmm. Yeah, I guess if they'd hired me. Maybe I should have gone to work for Amazon instead of <laughs> Yahoo. Uh, where's Captain Obvious? Another. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's God. Captain Obvious when you need him? We could do this all day, kids. And finally, I have to. I'll end things on a down note, just because. But not not, not a big the brown down note. note. Well. Again, this is an example of how there is a double standard in this country. What? In this world. Let's say in this world. We have to, because this is British. This is a British dumbass. Have you heard of the show Bridgerton? Yes, I've okay. heard of it. Okay. The Queen. And, and of... you've you've heard of the, the coronation. You know, we just had the coronation, right? The big coronation. The wedding, the queen, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Bridgerton star, I'm going to butcher this name, but I don't care, Ajoi Ando, okay, African-American. Yes, this is the spinoff. She decided 
to say that the royal family is quote unquote terribly white. Well, duh. Well, how would we? How would how would LeBron James like it if I came up to him and said, or went on a TV show and said, you know that LeBron James and his family, they're terribly black. I would be vilified. I would be. People would want to string me up in the public square. Why? Why does she get away with saying the royal family is quote terribly white? The stupidity of people never ceases to amaze why, me. Why can't they ever look at things from the other side? Just like I said, think about how I would be Gee, maybe, apart. maybe because the royal family is actually real through their life and they are not written as a TV show to check all the boxes. Just saying. Well, I'm just saying we're done, Dave. I'm just saying we're over. We're out for another another week. week is done. Yes, and of course we gave it our best. Hopefully, our best was good enough. Happy trails to you until we meet again. I love that song, Van Halen. I will always remember the Van Halen version. <laughs> Closing out Diver Down. Who cares about the clouds? When we're together. Just smile and think about sunny sunny weather. Happy trails to you. Until we meet again. Talk to you next week, kids. See ya.